you really wanna know, then come on, let's go. Take a stroll down those. What's going on, Mountaineer Nation? Welcome into another edition of the Country Roads webcast. Here for the Eastern Kentucky recap episode. And joining me as always is my co-host, Stephen. What's going on, everybody? And the other co-host here on the Country Roads webcast, Bradley. Welcome back, everybody. Back again after a Mountaineer win in the first game of the season. 56-10 to 10 over Eastern Kentucky to start the season one and oh, um, recording this episode a little bit later than we normally would a recap episode, but uh, I've been moving and stuff. Uh, back in West Virginia, finally living in Florida the past few years, back in West Virginia now. So, uh, but after moving out, should be able to get things back onto a normal, normal recording schedule with uh, with you guys. But uh, in the meantime, we're here to talk about the Eastern Kentucky game. Um, uh, you know, after about a week to sit on it, uh, what are your guys' opening thoughts here for the Mountaineers' uh, first game of the season? What are you thinking, Bradley? Uh, we didn't beat them 77 to nothing, which is what I predicted last week. But I'm still not, I'm still not upset with it. That the touchdown they got was a little bit um, sketchy. It wasn't, it wasn't something you really, it wasn't really a, like a hard earned touchdown. It was pretty easy. But uh, we came away with the W, and I've already heard some shit from some Marshall fans. So you know, all in all, it's got some positives and negatives. <laughs> Yeah, as, as to be expected, I think we all we all called that about the Marshall fans. Uh, Stephen, what about you? Opening thoughts one week removed uh, now from the Mountaineer victory as we sit here on a on a bye week recording our Eastern Kentucky uh, review episode tonight. Uh, overall, I was impressed. I think um, I think you know it was some of the shakiness from the team was to be expected from you know not being able to practice as you know they normally would. Uh, but overall, I thought the team looked great. I thought Jared Deggie looked better than advertised. I thought he looked better than what I, even I thought he was going to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, the only question mark that I have isn't really a question mark, uh, but was our secondary. And that's, like Bradley mentioned, that was the only thing that gave up uh, a touchdown to Eastern Kentucky. And that was really the only thing that I had any kind of concerns about. But it seemed like the you know the cornerbacks and the safeties got things figured out as they moved along the end of the game. I think that you know coming into this week, going into you know, Oklahoma State, They'll have everything figured out even more. Yeah, I, th- I think so too. It's it was a good sign. I think you know. I think Eastern Kentucky, though. I think we can all agree that was uh, one of the uh, you can say lesser it. lesser teams <laughs> to come through in, in quite a while. You know, West Virginia's played some FCS schools in recent years that were pretty good. You know, James Madison's of the world, even Youngstown State. I remember playing them. They're usually pretty good, but uh, Eastern Kentucky this year it, it is not on the level of, the, of those teams. Yeah, and even Neil Brown mentioned that in one of the, and uh, I think about was the halftime interview before they went into the locker room. He said he wasn't going to lie to the guys. He said, "You guys are better than them." He said, "What this week is for to work on us. We need to get better as a ball oh, yeah. team." So Absolutely. I, I thought that was really smart, uh, kind of yeah. approach by by Neil Brown. But yeah. you wouldn't really expect anything less from Neil Brown. From what we've no, at this point, can you not? not. <laughs> yeah, he's the man. He's the man. But, uh, you know, we'd be uh, a mess without talking about the uh, suspensions that, you know, yeah. uh, apparently are like a week before they were known to the team but weren't announced till you know, prior to game time. Eleven players suspended, you know, two offensive linemen, T.J. Simmons, Isaiah Esdell, you know, two inside receiver guys there. 
um, caused a lot of shakeup, you know, mainly on the offenses. Pretty much all the players were offensive players, minus, I think, David Vincent, Acoli, and a long snapper. But uh, 11th suspension, so West Virginia goes into the game starting a true freshman at center and um, Zach Frazier from Fairmont. Uh, true freshman at wide receiver Sam Brown uh, getting the start Sam James, over Sam James. Um, you know, then you had um, a lot of other youngsters get in on the action, guys like Garrett Green. A lot of young players uh, made their debut for the Mountaineers be it from the suspensions or, or, or big lead and getting in late in the game. But uh, what what did you guys th- thoughts on the suspension and, and, you know, these young guys that kind of filled in there? What, what were your thoughts on that, Stephen? Uh, I thought the suspensions were necessary. I think that if, um, you know, the guys are going out and doing things that they're, they're not supposed to be doing, you know, a lot of those guys are seniors. They're not younger guys on the team. They know what they're doing. So um, I feel like, you know, if they're out, what I'm guessing, I'm not. I don't know that this is to be fact. What I'm guessing is it was some like a house party, or they went out to a bar or something, and that's, you know, not only against the team rules right now, but that's against school rules and against mm-hmm. state and county rules. So, see, that was my first thought. they have to hold them, right? So they have to hold themselves. It might not have been. Like I said, I don't know. It might not have been. But if that were the case, then I think the suspensions are necessary. But and. As for the freshmen, of the, you know, those younger guys that started, I kind of expected to see a lot of younger guys play just being, you know, the type of game that it was. But I think for the most part, they, they impressed me. Sam, Sam Brown looked really, really good. Uh, Zach Frazier did well up front, you know, you know after, you know, a couple shaky missed, <laughs> missed, uh, missed blocks there. But, I mean, I think we could tell how good the, the offensive line was overall with Letty Brown having the game that he had. True. And like I said, I really thought that it was a house party or something too first. I had messaged you guys, and I was like, you know, I bet it, they went to a house party, did something stupid. But, I mean, they were still allowed on the sidelines. And I think, like, if they had been out to a bar or, like, a house party or something like that, I don't think that they would have even allowed them around the team just for the sake of, like, you know, if you've been – even had a chance to, like, be exposed, get them away from the team. You know what I mean? And so I'm right, starting yeah. to think maybe, you know – and I, I hate to speculate, but, you know, I might as well just put some thoughts out there. Maybe they had, like, their own little personal party, like, that weekend, just, a, you know, players-only type thing and, you know – I'm not quite sure, but I just think if they went out and did that outside party, I would hope Neil Brown would kind of like pull those players away and be like, hey, like, you guys got to sit out now because, like, I can't have you around the rest of the team. But he did. You know, we saw TJ Simmons getting jiggy with it on the sideline. Right. And it's like, you know, we want to make sure we don't have that chance of running COVID through the team. So I don't I, – I'm starting to think that's maybe not what it was or maybe it was something along the lines of, like, he gave them, like, a like a team goal or something like that, something, you know, hey, I'll – you guys need to be responsible for this. I need you to do this, and if you don't do it, there's going to be repercussions. And like maybe that came through. You know what I mean? Maybe they missed a practice or something. I'm not quite sure. But. With the importance of it all, I mean, you're you're honestly right. If it was a house party oh, yeah. or something, you know, of the like, it would they would probably have been kicked off the team. They wouldn't have been given a suspension. Right. Well, been. I I had I originally heard house party, but uh, since then I've heard it was some type of uh, not not like I don't want to say hazing because it's like not, not that harsh, but some type of tradition that goes goes all uh, goes around and something that they did, and then uh, Neil Brown found out about it and you know couldn't not do something about it, you know. But it wasn't nothing very big or anything like that. And I think you can tell that by it was all offensive guys, so it was probably like. Uh, you know, tradition to the younger players and stuff. So I, I don't know, but that's what I heard. Yeah, it was just disappointing for me to see TJ Simmons, that senior that I, you know, I called out as like one of my unsung heroes, uh, you know, breakout players. You know, I thought he would be a little bit more put together than that. So it's that's a little disappointing for me to see, you know. Yeah, well, him and, and Chase Barrett on the offensive line, those are like two of your leaders of your offense. So I was surprised to see both of them uh, named there. 
But I think Sam Brown and Zach Frazier have earned themselves some more consistent snaps. I really do think that we'll, they came out and played extremely well. So I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, that just that one game really boosts them. And Neil Brown's, you know, arsenal oh, yeah. and just says, hey, like, they were ready to go. They're young and, you know, excited and hungry. Like, if they're going to not mess around with all this other bullshit, let's, let's let them play. And so I wouldn't be surprised okay. if, especially Sam oh, yeah. Brown, because, you know. No, and then, like, I think the, the, another guy that really stepped up was, you know, you had both tight ends out, TJ Banks and Michael Laughlin, who were both listed as first-teamers. You know, either one of those were going to be your starters. And then you have another true freshman in Charles Family who gets in the game later. But you have a fullback in Jackson Knipper, transferred from Western Michigan, come out, play tight end, fullback, you know, do it all in that game. And on a lot of the run plays, he was the guy getting in there, breaking, busting up a hole. And Jackson Knipper, I thought, really stepped up as as well with, the, with both tight ends being out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, I thought he looked like a stud. I I was really kind of concerned whenever I said, you know, when you guys texted me that morning and said and showed me all of those guys that got suspended. I was like, well, I don't know, we might yeah. you know be in trouble. But you know, they I they came out we to trouble, play. Right. Not that I thought we were in trouble, but you know, I. I know what you mean. I was just kidding. Yeah, I didn't. Well, with, with the, the run game struggles last year, yeah, with the run game struggles last year, it definitely. It made you nervous before kickoff, I think. Oh, absolutely. I was, I'll tell you what, Letty Brown canceled that out within the first run. As soon as oh, he touched absolutely. the football, I knew he was you know, he was on. Man, does that guy not look different this year? He looks like he's got a purpose this year. He looks like he has some confidence. Yeah. He looks like he's you know got an mean? offensive line. Uh, yeah, that's exactly I didn't I said <laughs> yeah, it way true. too much on the show. I'm glad someone sure. else said it. I didn't want to say it again. Hey, and, and, you know, I just got to say, you know, Sam Brown gets the start over Sam James. Sam James wasn't in there for the first, you know, series or two. But, you know, when he comes in, 32-yard touchdown and finishes the team's leading receiver with 72 yards. So, you know, I got to look out for my boy. Neil Brown said he was sending a message, something about practice, supposedly. But I think message was received for uh, Sam James when he got in there. Still looked like a stud to me. I think all the way around, I think Neil Brown killed that to finish up the suspensions. I think he did a good job just being like, hey, one game, it's over, done with, they learned their lesson, and like we're on to the next one. Like, there's no carryover. Like, these guys ate their, ate their comeuppance like men, and, you know, we're on to the next one. It's, and it seems to me like the discipline by Neil Brown seems to be working more. So, you know, I felt like when Dana was – was coach here i felt like it was more of like a dictatorship like everything he says goes with neil brown it just feels like a family thing and then when someone messes up it's like damn man you disappointed me like how could you do this and then yeah. you know they yeah. feel like it's like a father son type of aspect almost yeah I mean, it really with, does with, feel dana, like that. with dana it was more like your alcoholic father was like beating you <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> that's true. You oh, know, you know uh, speaking yeah. of Dana, I, uh, you know, just to bring it up on Der- Derek King, I watched an interview with him earlier and never realized that he transferred because because Dana told him asked to him redshirt. to redshirt. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I never realized that was the reason. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I knew I knew Derek it had something to do with Dana, but I didn't know that was the you know that was the reason. And see, oh, Derek yeah. came out and said, you know, hey, I'm I'm staying at Houston. This is where I want to be. And then like a few weeks later, it was like, yeah, I'm out of here. Yeah. After, you know, spending more time. At the time we're recording this, he's playing against Louisville right now. He's doing pretty good. He's having a pretty good game. 40 to 6 at half. It's away from the sinking ship, but that is dang the hope. Yeah, that's true. 
I wanted to watch him play Baylor. But, you know, instead of talking about something on the downcline, let's talk about something that looks like it's on the rise. We talked a little bit about it, the running game, the West Virginia running game. We knew that, you know, that's the key to the season. The running game obviously can't be any worse than it was last season. One of the worst seasons of all time. Mountaineers averaging two yards a carry, uh, either the last or very next to last in the NCAA in rushing yards. Um, never had a 100-yard rusher in a game last season. Start off this year with two 100-yard rushers. Letty Brown and Alex Singfield both finishing with 123 rushing yards. Letty Brown did it on only 10 carries, averaging 12.3 yards per carry. Singfield looking great, though, when he got in there as well, showcasing some speed. Um, and then Tony Mathis as well had 18 carries, uh, 55 yards. But, you know, the Mountaineers, uh, you know, tripled their yards per carry average from last season. Two 100-yard rushers in the game after not having 100 in a game last season. I know it's Eastern Kentucky. I know we've talked about that. But also, West Virginia's down two offensive linemen. So I think going into this, if I was to tell you that the run game did this, how surprised would you be and what did you see from this from this run game, Bradley? Uh, I didn't see this coming. I thought we'd be more improved. Like you mentioned on the last podcast, you know, when Neil Brown was asked about it, how's our running game, you know, it, is it going to be better? And he said it better be. And I think that was – I mean, that's a good way to start out and say, hey, yeah, look at us. Like, we've made improvements. This is something that we were the worst at last year. We're going to turn around and, like, shove it down people's throats real quick. And, yeah, it is Eastern Kentucky, but I don't care who you are. Putting up two 100-yard rushers on any team with double touchdowns on both of them is impressive. Oh, and that's just very impressive. Now, I mean, I'm also impressed with uh, Matthias. I didn't see it until now. 55 yards. I mean, if he gets a little bit bigger, uh, bigger breakaways on those 18 carries, I mean, he's – he could have crept up right there and along next to him, you know? Right there, too, yeah. He's exactly. just young. Yeah, Tony's just young. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think I think definitely the linemen have gotten a lot better. And having two more experienced offensive linemen right there in the middle is going to do nothing but, you know, shoot that out the roof even more. Yeah, absolutely. Steve, Stephen, what about you? Any other thoughts when it comes to run game? Mountaineers totaling over 300 yards rushing in their first game of the season. Uh, sign of things to come for you, or you need to see it against someone else? What do you think about this run game? Uh, no, I think I think that it looked good to me. I think, like you said, with those two guys being out on the offensive line, I think that it just proves, you know, how much our run game has improved. You know, if you throw two new guys in there, and then we still run the ball like that, I think that only just says positive things. I think Alec and Letty both look good. I mean, Letty looked like a stud out there. Oh but, man! Oh yeah. I mean, do, but a good backup, Alex Singfield. Yeah. But, yeah, um, absolutely. Get a little bit of power and and speed. You know, with the one-two combo right there. And something yeah, we haven't I mean, really seen yet, like an unintended benefit of this, is we've still yet to see Daggy, you know, pull one of those RPOs. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, yeah. And so, like, he's going to be able to just keep handing it. As long as they're getting these chunks of yardage, you know, he's going to be able to just keep handing it off to him. And those days, you know, those games where we finally do see him pull it two or three times, those are going to be such big plays for us because nobody's going to be ready for it because they're so focused on our running backs, which is absolutely well. That's well, that's, that's my main excitement for the the running game. Is you think our passing game was good last year? Just think about how good it's going to be this year when it gets opened up a little bit. Whenever yeah. we have a running game to do so, oh, I, yeah, I'm absolutely. telling you, our offensive line. I'm Play impressed. By. I think I Mike think Brown. So Mike Brown looked the best out of me on Saturday. And, I don't know about Mike you Brown, guys. But... And, and I heard he went down late in the game, but he's good to go. So yeah, he, he also graded out. He graded out the highest out of all of our line yeah. at like 87 or something. Yeah, yeah he looked he looked good to me. He's so. going to be the offensive line. I think is going to be a, a strength of this team. And if you get the run game going against teams like that, and offensive line forms like that, and you got a defense that I think West Virginia can have this year, they're going to surprise some people. I think. But you know, talking about talking about pulling pulling some of those runs, a guy that got in there quarterback and did pull some of those. Garrett Green, boys, five carries over thirty yards, six yards a carry. 
And that guy looked like he had some wheels and, and, and an arm. You know, just in general, what are your thoughts on the quarterbacks? Because my, my hot take uh, from the quarterbacks coming out of this game is, to me, with what I see from Garrett Green, I think that should be your backup right now. I think Kendall didn't show me anything that I hadn't already seen. Loved what I saw from Daggy. think he could be an absolute stud, especially with as many games as he could potentially play here. And But I think Garrett Green should be your number two right now. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on quarterbacks, Stephen? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, Garrett Green looked good to me. As young as he is, I haven't seen a quarterback look that good probably since I watched QB1 and seen Tate Martell. <laughs> I'll, oh, yeah. I'll tell you right now, that kid is going to be good. Uh, but with that said, I, and I've been high up on Austin Kendall before. I'm like you. He didn't show me a thing on Saturday. So as, um, as for right now, yeah, Garrett Green's number two in my mind. Uh, but Jared Deggy, man, th- that is a qu- he's our quarterback right now. He looked good That's, to me. His balls were there. He's he, so he, underrated. He just made good decisions. He just looked poised in the pocket. I really like what I've seen out of Jared Deggy, man. And they say what, I think he has the potential to what stay three years now. Yeah, three more. Yeah, I mean, he's a sophomore. Two more after this year. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> gosh, yeah. man. Gosh, I, I really hope that that's the case. But at the same time, it really I'm kind of intrigued to see how it pans out with him and Garrett Green, because Garrett Green, I think, wants to be here. But if he doesn't get the starting job within, what, one or two years, he's going to jump ship just like anybody else would. Uh, so oh, that's yeah. the only thing that really concerns me on that end. But that's yeah, true. overall, that's we got talent at the QB position this year again, finally. Bradley, what about you? Uh, thoughts on these QBs? Yeah, I thought Jerry Diggy played really well. I think he played in a, like a really solid, sound game. Didn't really make any big mistakes. Uh, I saw something on Twitter the other day. I'll have to get it out there to you guys so that way you can retweet it or something like that. I think Ryder sent it to me. And they were talking about Garrett, Jerry Diggy using his hips and his head to really throw off linebackers and stuff like that. There was a play where uh, outside wide receivers running down the field running a post route, and he turns his whole body to the, the little swing route that the running back's running. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it pulls the linebacker forward, and it like really allowed him to get that you know, safe straight, too. straight oh, yeah. dart, straight I dart. Think I saw that. Yeah, yeah, I know the play you're talking about. He made the he turned the safety a little bit to uh, to the safety's left side, just enough to it get hit that Sam ball. Brown on that post. Right? Yeah, yep. that was a that beautiful was ball. Yeah, yeah, and it was good. And so I, I really like Jerry Tiggy. Like, so I'm gonna be excited to see him use his wheels a little bit more. And, I mean, it wasn't the best defense that we were going to play against. So, you know, it, it is going to be a little bit more tough for him. But I think he played really well for a game that you could have easily, you know, slacked off on. Austin Kendall, I agree. I think he was playing – I think the announcers put it best when they said he was really playing for that starting job. Oh, yeah. Where he wasn't really going in there for it. Play. Yeah, wasn't really going in there for the team. He was really going out there for himself saying, like, hey, like, I can mm-hmm. still do this. And fortunately, some throws that just really weren't great where, you know, if he would have made – the proper throws, the check down throws, you're getting a lot better praise from your coaches. You know what I mean? But you got to understand from Kendall's perspective where he's at in life, right? Just from a personal standpoint, you know, being at Oklahoma and fighting as many seasons as he did behind those QBs and then coming out here and is fighting as hard as he can for this spot. I mean, the kid's fighting as hard as he can. The poor guy just is, I mean, he's just been. And I mean, let's be honest, after this this year, he's going to be out. Like, he's not going to stick around with you. Garrett Green. Oh, right. right. I'm also going to get to, but I agree he should be our backup quarterback after this. I still I think he would get better looks from other colleges showing like, hey, like I know how to make my reads, my check time passes, I play for the team, not for myself. And right. you know, he just needs to settle in that. And so I just think Austin Kendall will be out of here at the end of this year. Sad to see him go. I thought he was gonna come in and really be that force, but like I said in the last one or from the preseason round table, I really wanted to see some leadership and effort out of him, and I still just don't think that's him. I think he yeah. just Daggy just looks like be- is in more in charge of it. You know, Daggy just has a presence to him that you don't never yeah. seen from Kendall. He needs to go to a college swagger. where yeah. yeah, he needs to go to a college where they got a solid run game and he can just sit back in a pocket, throw a pretty good ball, 
15, 20 times a game and just like sit back and relax. And, you know, he'll, he'll succeed in a, in a program like that. Uh, on yeah, like Green, FCS program. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. But on to Garrett Green, thought he did wonderful. He looked really good. Um, but, you know, he got a little chippy out there, and I think Neil Brown really oh, showed yeah. up. He, you know, he like, told him right there. You heard it. Yeah, he said, you know, you're not out. You have scored a touchdown. We're up and a blowout. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he said, just you know, cut that shit out. You know. Yeah, we don't do that here. And I mean, I'm I'm okay with a little, you know, a little bit of cockiness, a little bit of cheapness, but do something before you do it. You know what I mean? But have a little bit of be input. here for at least a year I, before you do it. That's well, I've heard that's that's touch touch Don't walk into your first that. game at Mountaineer Field and be the man. You're yeah, not. Don't the man come in to blow out people down by forty points. And I've like heard you, uh, right. Baker Mayfield comparisons though, because just because of that play, I think. Um, what do you guys think about that comparison? I, I think I see more like a Johnny Manziel almost than Baker Mayfield. Well, I, yeah, I see Johnny Manziel more than Baker. I don't mind either of the comparisons though. I think the kid. I mean, it, he's going to be good. I, if. The only thing that he, if there is anything to worry about, is the attitude. Just because of you know the yeah. cockiness and everything, but I mean, like, I don't think there's anything to worry about. I mean, just keeping him healthy. Yeah. So you guys tell me. I got a question. Well, I'm curious. Then, so say we get, you know, this year goes pretty well. We do pretty solid. Do better than expected. Next year we come out. We have a solid run at it, and you know we, you know, let's say we have a, a ten win season. Do and I mean Garrett Green's gonna do nothing but get better, but I mean we also may just see the beginning of Daggy. You know what I mean? Like he had oh, one yeah. good year at Bowling Green, and now he's you know had his little bit here, and then now he's having a pretty good start to the season so far. Like if we see him continue to progress, say we get Garrett Green and Jared Daggy uh, after next year, they're both right on their par with each other. Do you guys think that? We turning we go with the younger guy, or do you think we'll we'll see No Brown stick with the more experience and just let Garrett Green go on his way? Well, um, Kelly Brown, uh, Trevor opinion, Lawrence situation, in my opinion. Yeah, whoever's better. It's similar to that, but in my opinion, I think that if if it comes to if it comes to that point where they're on that on par with each other, I know D- Daggy's a junior this year and will technically be like a junior again next year. But I think if he plays that well up to that level, that I think that he has the potential to, and you know maybe even beyond that. This year and and that year, I think he'll he'll go ahead and leave and go to the NFL. So I don't really think that would end up being an issue because I think that if if it's to the point where it's that much of an issue that you got two really good guys because Daggy's had as good of a career as I think that he can have here, then I think Daggy's going to move on anyways, and you'll slide Garrett Green right in there. That's a good call. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, if he's that good, if if Jared, yeah. which I believe he will be, I think Jared is. I have. I don't think that I was impressed like with a game just by decision-making and on-time balls by that. I think I was more impressed than when I seen Will Greer play the first time when they played. I'm telling you, he's got that. He's like that type of – And I'm not – I'm really not trying to hype him up. I'm not either, but I think he has that type of – I literally – the video that you were talking about, Bradley, where he turned his hips and stuff and moved that corner, I watched that. And and the guy that, you know, broke that play down and stuff – uh, and the next tweet, uh, the next tweet that that guy had was like, "If you're looking for the the next Joe Burrow, look no further than uh, Jarrett Daigie." And was talking about Jarrett Daigie's passer rating at Bowling Green was like a 71, and they said since he took over at West Virginia, his passer rating is like a 92.3 or something like that. Something insane. Yeah. Before today's games, anyway. So I mean, I yeah, so I mean, I think the Will Greer comparison isn't that far fetched when you got an analyst comparing him to Joe Burrow right now. Yeah. And see, and I think the one thing I still want to see from him is <clears throat> the one thing I think he doesn't have yet that Will Greer gave me, you know, we're marching down the field, two minutes left at Texas, 
you know, in my mind, I would not Clutch want factor. anybody else but Will Greer in that. Oh, like, if anybody was going to lead us, it was Will Greer. And so I need to be able to look Absolutely. at it in tight games and be like, Jared Daigie's going to put this game on his motherfucking back and carry us to the promised land. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, like, I oh, yeah, need no that from him. But, I mean, he's still working. He's played. But you also haven't seen games, that. Out. Seen you know? it yet. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's well, actually, I think we kind of have seen that from him. I would argue the fact that we have seen it. Maybe well, it wasn't in a, in a close TCU, game like that, that, that but TCU last it. year, I yeah. think, I think in my mind, was not as clutch as the Texas he's, game. You know, We I, just I, haven't I seen that, it yet, but he has that ability. He has the ability to be clutch. I, I can see it already. I, I, I'm telling you that look off, not just that one play. He did it all game. They just show, they just showcased that one play where he looked off that safety. He did yeah. that all game. That is what I have been looking for. I mean, Will Greer did it to a point, and that's what made him a great quarterback in passing game. But I think that you know, prior to that, I never seen Clint Trickett look off passes. I never seen Skylar Howard look off passes the way that you know the way that he does. This kid is going to be good just by that. In the first game of this season, and they have nowhere to go with but up, and we have how many bye weeks to you know yeah. to rest and get healthy and everything. Exactly. I think that and that reason alone for me this year is why I, I'm I'm telling you boys I'm I'm about to change my prediction from the prediction show from seven and three to to nine and one. What? Um, I, I'm I'm almost ready. To, I'm not doing it yet. I'm waiting until oh, this Saturday to make goodness. my call. I don't talk think this about talk about a hot take. I don't but, know. I, but I'm telling you now, boys. I think West Virginia has the chance. They have the chance if they stay healthy to be this year's Baylor. I like. I like it. I like it. I think it's. I mean, I see where you're going, and I think it's possible. I, I really like the makeup of this team, and like I like. Yeah. I, I got to see him play against a talented football team first. But yeah, yeah. No Browns to the seen. NFL. Yeah, <laughs> I hope not. I hope, I hope not. not. Yeah, not like yet. <laughs> Like get 15, 20 you know, years out of them first. I uh, talked a little bit about the quarterbacks. What about the guys catching the passes? And then we'll move on from the offense. But, you know, we, gotta, we haven't really put a lot of focus on these receivers. I know we mentioned Sam Brown getting the start. You know, he finished with four catches, 43 yards. I think three of those were on that opening drive. But, like I said, Sam James, your leading receiver in receptions with five, 72 yards, also a touchdown. And then Bryce Ford Wheaton, a guy we heard a lot about, four catches, 67 yards. And a touchdown, but you know, a handful of guys getting in, getting in on the action with T.J. Simmons and Isaiah Esdell out. You had guys like Reese Smith contributing, of course, Winston Wright in there, uh, Grayson Malasevich making an appearance, Sean Ryan, um, and the list continues. But you know, West Virginia's got a lot of receivers. And uh, what do you what do you guys think from these receivers? Uh, think that, like that you saw from these receivers? And I'm going to challenge you right now. You know, this is what I want to do is looking at this list of guys that were not only the ones they played on Saturday, but the guys that were suspended, the TJ Simmons, Isaiah Esdales, the Zach Dobson from Middle Tennessee that transferred, the Keon Wakefield from Louisville, the transfers guy we haven't even seen yet there with those two guys, you know, waiting on waivers and such. But who would be your top four receivers with these guys that Western has? You know, they have 15, 17 receivers on the roster, and I think a lot of these guys can play. Give me a top four, Steven. Uh, my top four, um, I got to go over my number one overall. has got to be your guy, Sam James. He's just shown me too much not to go with him at number one. Uh, number two, I'd probably put, probably put Sean Ryan. I, re- I really like him. I like his wow. athleticism and his speed. Yeah, I really do. I like him. Uh, number three, I got to go with BFW. Bryce Ford Wheaton looked like a stud out there on Saturday. He looked almost as good as Sam James, just maybe not as quick with the ball in his hand. Yeah, yeah, dropping balls in the open field. Yeah, and then – Number four, man, it's it's a toss up, man. Uh, yeah, it's it's really a toss up. Maybe Winston Wright. I haven't really, I didn't really see a lot out of him on Saturday. He only caught three balls. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe go Winston Wright. I'll, I'll go Alex Sinkfield almost Thanks in a passing game. Yeah, uh, but I mean, I, my, mine would be close to yours. I like 
because I'm thinking about it in my head, like two guys on the outside, two guys in the slot, and I think I'd have Sam James and Bryce Ford Wheaton on the outside with T.J. Simmons and uh, Winston Wright in the slot, and then you know you got Sam James, I mean Sam Brown and, and uh, Sean Ryan as backups there on the outside, and then you got a lot of guys to work with there on the inside too. But Bradley, what about you? A lot of weapons here, a receiver. What'd you see from these receivers, and who would be your top four right now? Yeah, it's definitely Sam James, number one up there. I mean, I think he's our big playmaker, the dude that's going to score as much of a touchdown this year in the Big 12. Um, I would like to put Bryce Ford beaten next, but I was really upset about that drop right out in the open field where he just fell right into his basket, and he, he, I, I don't know what he thought that football was, but he didn't catch it. <laughs> and, I mean, that was an easy walk-in touchdown. He had a couple drops that game, and I think that's just yeah. – I don't know if it's just, you know, he's finally getting out there starting. He's got a little bit more weight on his shoulders and, you know, got in his head a little bit. Still had a great game, four catches for 67 yards and a touchdown. Like, I'm not, you know, batting an eye at that. But still, just like I couldn't imagine I where say, he Bradley, would be. I thought, I thought BFW was your guy, man. I really did. Oh, I do. But that's what I'm saying is, like, he could – if you look at the catches he could have had, he could have had a 130-yard game with, you know, a couple more touchdowns. No doubt. You're but right. instead, he let, I think he just let that get in his head. And so, you know, I, I want to put him at two because I – I do have a lot of faith in him. I think he's going to be really good, and I need—I just need him to, you know, find that confidence in himself that I think is what led to those drops. I don't think that was uh, – and that's the only thing I can contribute it to because I think he's a better player than that. I don't think he's, you know, butterfingers out there. Um, yeah. Then, yeah, I'm going to go with T.J. Simmons. I think that he's really going to come in and play. I know he got that suspension. I said I was disappointed in him, and I guess I'm just Mr. Contradiction tonight. But I, I think he's still going to be he's our third-down guy. He does have, I sure would have put him at number four, but I just thought that, you know, with him being a junior even last year, I just didn't – he looked good, but I just didn't think he looked like a top overall receiver. Sam James outplayed him last year. Yeah. You know? And see, I just see him as like a – and That's I figured true. out who I was trying to compare him to. You guys remember Jordan Thompson was the guy. Oh, yeah, Jordan oh, Thompson. Yeah. Yeah. Really yeah. solid third-down wide receiver. He just got – you know, he never got those big plays, but you're looking for a dude from – Seven to fourteen yards. That's your guy. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And I really think that's going to be T.J. Simmons. Is just getting those solid balls. You know, four, three, four catches a game, just getting us the yards we need. And I think that's going to be big for us when we really need that experience to lean on. So I expect big things from him. I'm hoping get suspended for a game is a little bit of a gut check for him, saying, "Hey, oh, yeah. put your shit like you're here." Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm hoping for all of those guys anyway. Yeah, which is crazy because I mean, thinking about, it, we'll have him for another. He's a senior, but we'll have him for another year if he decides to, you know not go on with the rest of his life. I don't think he's going to the NFL, but, you know, we will have him for another year. Isn't that a cool thing to think about of all these players that we have this year, that we have the potential to have all of next year, even with the seniors? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, the only I, people I, I look at it, there's not many seniors anyways. Everyone that was right, making yeah. plays was freshman, sophomore, basically. Yeah, and I mean, I think the only people I see leaving is probably the Steelers, brother. I could see them both. Yeah, that's a possibility. If they don't have a good year this year, they might stay. But if they have a good year, I can see both of them rolling out together and seeing if they can't hook up on an NFL I, team. I see Darius rolling out after this year. Darius so, is gone, for sure. Yeah, yeah. he's gone. Yeah, um, so stay, I feel. Fourth wide receiver, um, I'm up, I'm, I might go with Sam Brown. He he really showed out. Yeah, for uh, he looks good. Play. He does not look like a freshman. Him yeah, and Reese Smith, you, I was impressed with Reese Smith stepping up and making some big plays too. I mean, he was he was catching balls out there. So you know, both of those young men, they played a good game for their first game in a Mountaineer uniform. I agree. Got to be excited for Sam Squared, right? Yeah. Sam Squared, Sam Brown, and Sam James together. Got to love yeah. that. Get them both on the field together and have. Oh man, that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough, especially because then you can put size in there with. You know, Bryce Ford Wheaton and Sean Ryan, you know, and you got, you got, that's what I've liked about what this coaching staff is doing is they're building the receivers 
by body type. You know, they want a couple of this body type, a couple of that, and, you know, you got to do whatever. Well, there was, I mean, when you have 10 different players on the offensive side of the ball with a reception, I think you're doing pretty good in that football game. <laughs> Absolutely. And there's Absolutely. something about our quarterbacks having, like, a little bit of a connection with all of them, too, is, you know, they didn't seem – I didn't feel like Jerry Diggs was going out there targeting one dude. He knew who was – who was going to be open? Yeah, you know, he wasn't playing favorites or anything out there. He was throwing to the man that was going to, yeah, you know, make the plays, which is oh yeah, absolutely. Well, that's like I say, his decision making is elite. I think so. I think so. He's he's got he's got a lot of potential, and I'm excited to see what he does because he could end up being one one of the greats that we talked about for a long time. I think he has that type of type of potential. But uh, speaking of potential, the Mountaineer defense was full of potential, oozing potential heading into the season. And, you know, I think, you know, some people have kind of said they were maybe disappointed because we let Eastern Kentucky score a touchdown. But, you know, whatever, you know, it, it happens. And I think that was with, you know, some backups have done, got in at that point. And, you know, that's the only touchdown they gave up. And I think the defense still uh, played very well, holding Eastern Kentucky under 100 rushing yards, only 200 yards of total offense. They allowed Eastern Kentucky to rack up. And the most impressive thing, I think, was holding Eastern Kentucky to 111 on third down. So what were your thoughts kind of from this Mountaineer defense in general, Stephen? Uh, yeah, I wasn't really too concerned after they scored, you know, the touchdown. Uh, you know, after all, Cruz, a team makes their best, you know, progression from week one to week two. So I've heard that somewhere before. I, yeah, That's what I, mean, I heard it's once. Been thrown around. It's been thrown around. But, uh, but I kind of expected to see – I know I picked the score to be 65 to nothing, but I did really kind of expect Eastern Kentucky to come out and score a little bit. Uh, but I think our defense looked overall well. Uh, other than the secondary in, in the first half, whenever they gave that touchdown up, I yep. thought they looked really well. I think Alonzo Adai, you know, that interception was a damn good Beautiful. interception. Oh, oh, uh, man. I, I'm so glad I that picked him as my breakout me. player and made me look like yeah. a genius. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, uh, you did. I was going to credit him for that. That was yeah. nice. Other than him, um, Darius Steele's kind of non-existent on Saturday. I didn't really see a lot out of him. I really kind of was impressed <laughs> yeah. by Jared Bartlett. Jared Bartlett came in. Really. Yeah, Bartlett, yeah, Bartlett looked Dante, good out there. Bartlett and Cowan both coming out that off that bandit position. You've seen both of those mm-hmm. two guys make plays. And if those are your two top two bandits right there, that's that's a good thing for your pass rush. Oh, absolutely. The most overall that I felt impressed by on the defensive side of the ball was Tony Fields. He didn't skip a ball. Oh, piece. man. Hey, um, speaking of breakout players, that's one that I had on my list right there, boys. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, and he came out, and he just – he looked like he was tackling everybody that he's seen. He didn't care and if I, they had a football I, in their hand or not. Yeah, and no, and no offense to Dylan Tonkery because I think he's still a good player, but if that's your two middle linebackers, Tony Fields is your starter. Dylan Tonkery is a backup. That's solid anyway. But with Tony Fields, move if he can move into that starting middle linebacker role, which I think he will, it's just a matter of time, you're looking at your starting uh, linebacker in core of Tyke Smith, Vandarius Cowan, Josh Chandler, Samito, and, and, and Tony Fields. And that's a solid linebacker in core right there. With oh, Jared Bartlett and Dylan Tonkery on the bench and X Low on the bench. I like the makeup of this defense, especially on the front end. It's just the pass coverage that I'm kind of worried about. But, uh, Bradley, what about you? you agree? What are your thoughts on this defense? Yeah, and I mean, and like I said, I don't know if I'd rather us have a blown coverage them score a touchdown off of it or have them like a hard-earned defensive touchdown, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I'd rather it kind of be like, ah, oh, shit, we missed an assignment. You can work on that, go back and address it. But if you just got beat, then you just kind of got beat, you know what I mean? Because yeah. that, that touchdown was definitely just a blown assignment. But, yeah, like you guys said, um, Fields really stepped up. I mean, four tackles, six assists. And Adai, Stephen, I mean, you called it. That kid was playing Stood. lights out. I mean, he, he, might even, he might have a chance to be better than Jamal. Yeah. Yeah, he was yeah. everywhere. 
Um, that's, that's what Jamal made the comment of him saying to him. He was like, I think he, he said, I want to be just as good as you in the golden blue. And he was like, he's like, you got to make plays first. Yeah. He said, I made yeah. plays when I wore that uniform. And then oh, he did yeah. right off the bat. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and like I said, you're looking at this, this tackle spreadsheet, you got Jared Bartlett, Fields, Adai, Smith, uh, Simmons, Cowan, you know, Chandler right up there. Those are not your cornerbacks. You know what I mean? Some, I mean, you got some out there, but you know, that's not, yeah, that's, that's, your that's, your front, that's your front line. That's your the people seven. you want making tackles. You know, you want your linebackers yeah. up there making tackles at the at the point of attack. Um, but I mean, a big letdown was just the Steelers brothers were pretty much absent of this game. Yeah, and I mean, well, I, I don't think, know. I if think that's a lot of attention. I was, I think a lot of attention are just being paid to those guys. I know. Right, yeah. I saw Darius Stills getting double teamed nearly every play. I'm sure Dante Stills getting a lot of attention, and I think that's why you've seen guys get in there and get sacks. Like you know, you've seen Vendarius Cowan and Jared Bartlett get in there from that bandit position, and then you saw you know the younger guys get freed up because you know no one knows about them. The Keem Mesidors getting in there and getting a sack, and you know it's a true freshman and and guys like that. And I'm kind of hoping as we get into thing. like good. Oh my bad. I was just, that's the thing about this defensive line is you know they're going to focus on the Steels brothers because that's who our playmakers were last year. And when they, once you focus on them, you see it just opens it up for the rest of the defensive line, who obviously have you know we've got size and talent at those positions as well. There's some studs there. Absolutely, man. And I'm thinking maybe once we get into the Big Twelve play where they're a little bit more confident doing that man on you know lineman v lineman, you might see the Steels make a little little bit more push. I think they could beat most offensive linemen in the Big Twelve, but. They're not going to get double teamed every play in the Big 12. People just can't afford to do that because they know that we've got people coming off the edge. So they're going to be will, more willing to make that risk of just like, hey, like let's uh, you know, let's put our best man on their best man. Let's see what happens. And I think our best man is going to win. So maybe that maybe that'll work out a little bit better for us. Even if we're a little bit against a little bit better competition. They're not going to have their whole lineman trying to cover up our two two man. Well, yeah, that's a little, like oh, yeah. I said. Like once they see that you know our whole defensive front is actually going to be you know a problem, I don't think that you'll have to worry about such you know all the double teaming and all that aspect of everything. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll tell you one thing that stuck out to me, boys, with this defense. And, you, and correct me if I'm wrong, but man, these guys are fast, aren't they? Is this not a fast mm-hmm. defense? They swarm to the ball. Feels like it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Tony Fields, that's a fast linebacker you got there. And then, you know, I think Cowan has speed to him. Xavier Lowe's a fast guy. And there, Taki Smith, you know, all those guys I think are quick. And I think, like you said, they're swarming to the ball. And, I, and that's what I like to see from this defense. And I was kind of worried, you know, about with everything that happened with the changes on the defensive staff to see if they would still look as swarming and attacking as they did last season. And uh, I think that they look just as good, if not, if not better. Oh yeah. Yeah. Especially in the, you know, in the secondary, I think, you know, we've, we've had, you know, concerns or whatever, but I think the secondary overall looks pretty darn good yeah. you know, other than, other than giving Considered. up touchdowns. Absolutely. I think so. Yeah. I think you got some, some guys there that can play. Rashawn Miller at corner looked great. Nick Troy fortune, you know, as he did last year when he filled in, looked great. Uh, Daryl Porter Jr., who I heard in an interview once, is like a shutdown corner or something, got in there and looked and looked pretty good. So, yeah, they look nice, which they is comforting good. to see because that was my big concern. Is just that backfield, just you know, they're going to be able to stand up and compete. And I mean, and this wasn't as big as a test as what they're going to see. So you know, I still got, I still want to see some more from them. You know, absolutely. Oh yeah, I I, I got to see more out of everyone. But over, I mean, just overall, the first game, I, I feel pretty confident going into okay well State I, I i feel confident that this team can stop the run i mm. need to it's a wait and see for me on to see how they hold up in the pass once you get into a conference like the big 12 and some of these offenses they're gonna yeah, face we'll see how they do against we'll colin see. wallace yeah exactly yeah, that guy is a monster he was just yeah. catching everything today 
Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, we talked offense, talked a little defense now. Let's talk players of the game. Um, give me your offensive player of the game and your defensive player of the game. Uh, who do you have in this one, uh, Bradley? Um, mm. Whew, this right is a tough put one. You, put you right on the spot, man. Ah. <laughs> uh, player of the game. Mm. If it'll make it easier, I'll go first. I don't know if that's going to make it easier. You could pick five people, and I'd still have good that's, choices. That's what I said. It's, it's <laughs> I was going to say, with everybody, I've had my picks options. out since since the there's end of the game options. on Saturday. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm going to guess it's – yeah, I'll let you go ahead because I think I already know who you're going to be. Okay. Well, I really wanted to pick Letty Brown as my offensive guy, but I that's think i got to go with it, – it's, it's obvious, right? But I'm not going to. I'm going to go with Jared. I think Jared looks looks yeah, like a stud. Well, I've been high up on him. I think that he was the main source of that offense. I mean – they just looked fluent. They looked ready to go. I don't think, other than a few minor missteps, I mean, they, they looked like they were a confident offense. They didn't even look like they had any kind of, you know, any kind of complications with that team last year. They looked like they were doing doing this for several seasons. And, I mean, like like we said, this is Eastern Kentucky. I'm not trying to get way too high up on it. But Jared Dickey did look like – Looked very impressive. Very impressive to me. Anyway, on the defensive side of the ball, i got to go with Tony Fields, man. I think the kid – Love he it. just looked like he did not skip a beat after transferring from Arizona. Man, he's monster. he makes every tackle that he sees. Athletic, fast, he's impressive. Yeah, yeah. and like I got I got to mention Alonzo because that's my guy. But Tony Fields has got to be my player of the game. Hakeem Mesidor, though, that's my biggest surprise. Yeah, I like that on the defensive line. Coaches I have like been that. high up on him, and he he impressed me a lot too. I think so. I think that defensive line has some studs all around. He didn't even see, you know, like I said, we didn't hear a lot from the Stills brothers. Didn't hear a lot from like Jeffrey Pooler. I think the transfer from Maryland that we got on the defensive line didn't even get in there either. So there's still guys that that haven't got in there. You know, Sean Martin didn't play from you know the COVID thing, contact tracing or, or whatever is what I heard. But you know, that, there's still other guys you can see on that defensive line get in there. So a lot of guys on the D line. So I think anyone you can mention on there would be good. But uh, Bradley, what about you? We have some time to think about it. Offensive and defensive players of the game. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna give some love to my last name here. I'm gonna go offensive line, yeah. and I'm gonna go Michael Brown and James Gemitter. Gemitter, big star on Gemitter for that fat pancake on that pool he had Oof. on that outside run where he just yep. slammed that Beautiful. dude like a yesterday's paper. I don't know. That Both was, those guys are studs. I like that Go offensive line. Yeah, I'm a big boy. I got to give them love. I watch them. I keep eyes on them. You know. You know me. I've been yeah. I've been talking about them for two years straight. I'm I love that pick. Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah. I, that's what I'm going to go with with that solid. That's all the front line really. You know, helping out our rushing game. If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't have had Absolutely. anybody else even come close. Defensive player of the game, I'll give it to Alonzo. I think that kid played lights out. Big interception that was Sports Center top ten, top five. Oh, good yeah. tackles, and I think he played good all around defense. And I think that. Between him and Tyke Smith, I think people are going to cry when they look at our backfield now. So, oh yeah, I I, I can see that one hundred percent, one hundred percent. So I, I I agree with you guys. I was either going Alonzo or Tony Fields on defense, um, but since you guys took them, I'll go somewhere else and I'll go Vandarius Cowan. Got in there, got the first sack of the season for the Mountaineers. A guy that you know battled injuries throughout his career, but if he can stay healthy, that guy's going to be a stud. So you know. I think Tony Fields and Alonzo died the best games, but just to be different, I'll go um, with Vandarius Cowan on defense. 
And then offensively, I think can't say enough about what the offensive line did. Steven, you hit the money on Jared Dagey and how he can be a superstar, but I'll go with the with the obvious pick and give it to Letty Brown, of course, because somebody's got to, I think. With the honorable honorable mention to Sinkfield, both those guys, 123 yards rushing, 12 yards to carry for Letty Brown, two rushing touchdowns, also the receiving touchdown, and then eight yards to carry for Alex Sinkfield. So, you know, kind of mind of the running game in general, but forgot to pick one, Letty Brown. So uh, there we have it, our players of the game here this week on the Country Roads webcast, Eastern Kentucky Review Edition. Um, looking ahead down the barrel, we got Oklahoma State coming up next Saturday on September 26th. We'll be bringing you our preview for that uh, soon here in the coming days. That game's going to be at 3.30 on ABC. West Virginia 1-0. Oklahoma State now 1-0 after today surviving a scare from Tulsa. But, uh, yep, asterisk on that one. But looking ahead, uh, any opening thoughts you want to mention about this Oklahoma State game uh, or any final thoughts before we wrap up here on Eastern Kentucky and close this out here on the Country Roads webcast, Stephen? Uh, yeah, I, like I said, overall impressed by the team, you know, that West Virginia is this year offensively and defensively. Uh, maybe one concern that I have is special teams. They almost gave up a oh, you know, yeah. kickoff return in the beginning of the game. We didn't really talk enough about special teams. Yeah, but, yeah. I didn't really want to. I want to bring it up because we brought up the other touchdown. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, 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 yeah. Highlight Tom Shumter had a good game. Tyler Sumter did have a great. damn good he game. You're right. Yeah, so, he did. Uh, looking forward to the OK State game. Like I said, they should have lost to Tulsa. If it wasn't been for their kicker missing that field goal, I think they probably would have lost to Tulsa. Uh, I, let's see if they get Spencer Sanders back, and then we'll talk. But I think West Virginia right now looking good, pretty, pretty good in that yeah. game. Better than I thought before. I'm with you there, Steven. I think that Oklahoma State, I didn't think we stood a chance. Now I'm – I think we stand a chance, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see when we talk about that on the Oklahoma State preview show where we all land on that as far as predictions and what have you because I think it's going to be a little bit different than maybe we predicted in the uh, season prediction roundtable for at least some of us, one of us, a few of us. But, uh, Bradley, what about you? Final thoughts on Eastern Kentucky or um, looking ahead down the barrel to Oklahoma State there? Um, just, just a final thought. I think we still saw the same – kind of like playbook mindset that Neil Brown went through last year where it's very vanilla, and if it was working, that's all he's going to show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were just running zones, and it was working. Yeah. And so I'll be, excited. I'll be excited to see us break that up a little bit. I think even if we're up on Oklahoma State, which could be happening, <laughs> uh, I uh, think we'll still just run a very, very, very vanilla playbook, and he's just going to keep going with what's working until he's forced to show his hand a little bit more. Um, Oklahoma State, that was a tough game to watch. Is pretty ugly. I mean, Tulsa could have scored a lot more points if they figured out how to move the sticks on the third down. And uh, I'm, I'm gonna give a, I gotta give him a little love. Shout out to Marshall playing a hell of a game today, beating Appalachian State top 25. I'd, yep. I, I would like to see them kind of get votes or kind of creep into that top 25 next week. So uh, you, you might see that. You, you play it like that. this, you're going to. You're yeah, playing. that's the only the only asterisk there or caveat there really is you know the Big, the Big Ten, Ten teams are gonna be thrown back in there soon. Yeah, even, which I think is bullshit. I th- I'm not a big fan of this like i don't yeah, me neither me neither how, how are they going to work into all this like they're coming back october 24th like they're going to play their 10 games in 10 weeks like they're going to be playing or championships in january like, I don't, yeah, the whole I don't. the whole thing in, in just terms of just logic is does not make sense at all well, I don't the, big 10, how they the big from... 10 messed up for trying to be first right and then they you know they seen everybody else and they're like oh we made a mistake and now they got a course correct and they want to be in on this season and you know Which like is, Bradley said it's, it's bullshit it's bullshit that, that they it can is do bullshit that. because that, to me that at that point you're just doing it for money you're like oh well everybody else is doing it let's do it too you know it, it shouldn't be about that it should be no. about the players and 
what they're playing for. I don't, you know, I don't know. Like I said, we could do a whole other show on this if we if we really wanted to. But the way that all of this is operating right now, and, and how I mean, long just, and how long until the Pac-12? Does exactly. The well, I mean, the Pac-12 going to decide to play in December and then play all their games in two weeks, and they're just going to play a game a day. Like, what is? I just yeah. don't. I don't get it. I don't get it, man. I really don't. And I didn't I don't get it when they said they were trying to play a spring it's, league because that didn't make sense. It this makes even less sense than that. And I don't even think it's right to throw them into the top twenty-five. I don't think it's fair to the teams that are in, are like in it. I've been playing. You know what I mean. I don't think it's fair to just go in there and be like, oh, well, we're going to have to kick four teams out of the top twenty-five now because we got to put Ohio State, Michigan, and jack off everywhere. You know what I mean? Like I don't. Oh, yeah. It's not. Yeah, yeah no doubt, man. No doubt. No, I'm, with I'm with you. I'm with you. Those teams have been playing, and I mean, who's to even guarantee that you know these people are going to be able to play in bowl games? Or if we even have them, I don't even know what's going on with that shit yet. But I mean, yeah. I'll tell you something. I don't if get I, if Ohio say, State wasn't going to be a top five football team, the Big Ten would not play football. I promise you. Hell yeah. no. That'd be sitting over with the Pac-12. Yeah. They're just going to let Ohio State blow everybody out and then beat Michigan by 30 and put them in the playoffs. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, 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 I've already seen that they're going to disrespect the Big 12 anyway. Every projection that I've seen has had this three SEC teams in, in, an AC t- in Clemson. Not yeah, even an SEC team. Clemson is just one team. Yeah, there's what, six SEC teams in the top ten right now? Yeah, it's a, it's absolutely ridiculous. They give so much love to those teams. Those teams haven't even impressed. I've watched all of those games, by the way. Not one team has impressed me. Yeah, it's it's overblown. The SEC love is overblown. It has been always, and it always is going to be so. Yeah, maybe until the TV contracts run out. Yeah, until they have to play some of these other teams from these other conferences, then we'll see uh, what we're talking about. But uh, I guess. Um, Let's get out of here on this one, boys. Uh, wrap it up here on Eastern Kentucky Mountaineers 1-0, 56-10 victory over Eastern Kentucky in the first game of the season. 1-0 uh, as we come through the bye week here, looking to uh, face Oklahoma State, first Big 12 game of the season. All the remaining schedule, of course, Big 12 games here in this in this wild season as we've talked about. But Oklahoma State preview coming up next year on the Country Roads webcast. Until next time, I'm your host, Jordan Cruz, for Steven and Bradley. Let's go. Let's go.